Welcome to the 100 Entrepreneurs Podcast, created to provide veterans and their family members with information, ideas, and inspiration for starting new businesses. This is Amanda Weathersby for 100 Entrepreneurs Foundation. We talk with entrepreneurs and small business experts to learn more about their industries and their lessons learned in creating and growing new businesses. Thank you for joining us. With me today is Nicole Krug, who is the founder of Socialite, a digital branding management company. And welcome, Nicole. I'm so glad you got, came to join us today. This is awesome. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be a guest. I love your group, so happy to be here. Oh, thank you. Thank you. All right, Nicole, first let's find out about you and about your company and what is digital brand management? What does it mean? Sure. So I started Socialite in 2009, which is about 10 years ago now. And at that point, we were very focused on social media. Um, I had actually launched the social media plan for BB&T Bank. So I was doing everything from legal compliance. Um, I, I actually wrote 45 pages on Twitter risk for the legal department, if you can imagine. And that was back when it was really 140 characters and, and nothing else. Um, but I was fascinated by just the kind of the sociology aspect of social media and how it changed the game and how businesses really adapted. So while I had this huge bank as kind of a, a, a nice case study, if you will, it also was the lesson that I didn't want to spend so much in red tape. Um, and so I started working with small businesses that were actually doing things, and you could connect with the business owners and make a difference in their business. And so while um, at that time I was running uh, maybe 10 or 15 Twitter accounts uh, and living on social media, I had clients that were saying, well, can you help me build a website or can we do some email marketing? And my background is in um, PR and marketing strategy and kind of bringing, I used to bring products to market for, for some smaller companies. And so I could do a lot of that stuff, but then somebody asked me to build a website specifically in HTML5. And that started going beyond what I could do. I could build a website. I just couldn't speak to a specific language. And so that's when my team started growing. And over the years, um, either I've met a really awesome person um, like I met, a, I connected with a video editor that we end up do we do what's called bumpers for our clients, which is putting those logos and those little intros into the videos before they go on YouTube. Um, and that's been a really nice resource. But very much like the HTML5 request is the other thing is my team grows based on client requests um, and things that I can't necessarily need. So at this point, we are pretty much a full service agency. Um, for an online media, which means we do everything from SEO, uh, which is ranking on Google, to email management, social media, and a lot of it is driven around your website. And that's where the digital brand management comes in. Because I work with a lot of people that have that, that first website that they put up just to have something, and then they cringe when they give somebody a business card with it on there. Um, so we do a lot of refreshing when the business owner has reached the limit of what they can do. So for some people, that means they just want a prettier website. And while that sounds superficial, the truth is, is that you have about five seconds 
on somebody on your website to make the entire impression of your business. Um, that they're going to judge you largely on aesthetic appeal. And I think it was Harvard that came up with this stat that something like 94% of people are going to give more credibility to what they would call a pretty website. So impressions Hmm. matter. And so we start out with um, a lot of what we do is driven around websites, not only making it um, visually appealing, um, but useful. Um, because I work with small businesses, uh, it is it, it is important to me to give people a website that's efficient and helps them run their business. And so I'll give you an example. Through my website, people can e-sign contracts. Um, they can pay or they can see and pay their invoices. And so um, some other people have registration people, excuse me, registration forms. So I have a couple of therapists that we've put their client intake forms on there. So a lot of things we're trying to make efficient, and sometimes it goes straight in the database, which takes out that just mind-numbing data entry that uh, nobody wants to do. But mm-hmm. so that goes with part of it, and then we branch out. So we look at, okay, if, if ranking on Google is important, and I, I say that with a caveat because everybody wants to rank on Google, um, but some people get their business more from referrals, and some people really do need the, fit tra- the foot traffic. Um, of goes on Google. And so we look at strategies to help you show up there. Um, we look at different things to, if, especially if referrals is a thing for you, is to leverage your email marketing to go across. Um, social media gets in there too. And when, you, when we say the brand management, we want a consistent presence across all that. We want it to look good. We want to make sure you're, if I say, using the same voice. Um, you're not, if your website is really formal and your social media is really casual, that kind of gives a disconnect of your brand. So we're trying to look and have a, a kind of comprehensive picture of how all the parts and pieces work together. Gotcha. That's great. That's great. <clears throat> and essential for a small business, especially. Are your clients mostly small businesses or do you still have large businesses as well? They are. You know, we, um, interestingly, I have been working with more associations this year, specifically on creating digital or kind of they're digitizing their annual report. Um, mm-hmm. That is a whole, um, I love small businesses. It's what I do. Um, I love learning about all the different things that people are doing. I've worked with clients in blockchain. I worked with an at-home um, euthanasia vet. I work with an options trader. Um, and so it's kind of, it's fascinating for me to see all the different businesses, but I just really like being able to connect with a business owner and make a difference in their business. Mm-hmm. I got you. That's great. Okay. So but before we get into the details of online marketing and, uh, you know, suggestions you may have or your experiences with it, I'd like to t- take a moment and talk about this current situation. We're in the middle of the COVID-19 virus situation. Uh, We have people staying at home and not shopping, businesses closed. And uh, how how is your business faring and how are your clients faring and how are people, you know, how should people deal with this? Uh, that that's the question of the hour, if you will. As as far as my business, we already uh, ran 
virtually. And so my office is in my house. My dog is snoring under my desk as we speak right now. <laughs> um, but, but that is normal for me. Um, and my, my team is there. I'm, I'm hearing a lot of people, um, you know, one of the gals is telling me she really doesn't like having her husband work from home with her along with the children. Um, but that is you know, to say what it is. We're, we're doing a balance act. But we are up and running. And so um, business for me has slowed down because I think everybody is very much in a wait-and-see mode. Um, being, is this going to, you know, do we need to tighten those budgets up or is this going to last for a week? Is this going to last for another six months? Um, but the interesting thing is some of my clients we are, um, we are working with that they are really wanting to take an, uh, take advantage of this because the truth is is that uh, people have been hearing about the panic piece for a while, the stock market dipping, all the different cases, um, you know, everything about sanitizer, but there's not a whole lot of solutions. And it's an interesting game to play, if you will. I hate to, to say that. But when are people going to – when is the panic going to subside? Because we, we get numb to it. We can't stay in a state of panic forever. But then it, mm-hmm. if it is continues, those that can work on an online medium have a real advantage because the Internet is going to be the main connection to people, right? They're, if they're in their home and they're isolated, that's how they're going to interact, whether it's just they're spending more time on social media, if they have the time to take a course um, and really finally brush up on that skill they've been meaning to, or they're using their Zoom meetings. And so as I talk to some of my clients, um, we are trying to um, not necessarily be opportunistic, but keep business rolling. I mean, I guess that's how you you would say it. But, for instance, I mentioned an options trader I work with. Um, he is because um, options, you can make money whether the stock market goes up or down. And so instead of just talking about the panic, we are actually putting out trading resources during this volatile market. Uh, I have mm-hmm. a therapist that is offering online appointments and he specifically wants to talk to people that are either the couples that are stuck with each other and ready to tear each other's eyes out, um, which is especially (laughs) tough if there is already some rocky relationships. But he also wants to be available for the people that are lonely and, you know, that they don't have a partner to share this isolation with. And so Mm -hmm. there are a lot of... um, opportunities, if you will. Now, I will tell you, I needed a kick in the butt myself because last Monday I was not exactly twiddling my thumbs but saying, oh, I guess I'll wait and see. Um, but as it happens, I am a, I'm considered an expert contributor to a site called business.com, which has resources for small businesses. And they reached out and said, hey, can you give some advice for Corona? And it finally occurred to me that, hey, I, I'm a marker. This is, I'm supposed to make lemons out of lemonades. And so, um, it's actually been really interesting to talk through different options for clients um, of how to get get out there. But especially, I think right now, um, there's a great opportunity if you can get out sooner rather than later um, and cut through mm-hmm. the noise and really help people. That's great. That's great. <clears throat> and um, one of my uh, family members is, works for a social media strategy company in mm-hmm. Austin, Texas, and she commented yesterday that the uh, social media is more important now than ever, and people who haven't been using it fully need to know how to do it. Uh, and 
become, you know, build a strategy around it. Absolutely. This is one of those, um, those things that, um, whereas, especially if your business depended on one-to-one interactions or you were doing things in person, if you want to keep going, um, and we heard yesterday Jeff Bezos of Amazon put out a note saying his entire focus is adapting to the, to the mm-hmm. COVID-19 crisis right now. Which, and you can signal from that he's not thinking this is going to last for two weeks. This is a long-term strategy that he's looking on how to manage his own business. The, uh, the head of Microsoft has said the same thing. And so if you have, you know, especially for sales or retail environment or what have you, whereas in the past you've depended on seeing people, um, business is going to change for you because you need to be online. And those that are already set up online um, – make a difference, but this is definitely a time to get through social media. The one thing that's really hard to judge, I was talking with a client yesterday, is um, when are people ready? I talked about the fact that you can't sustain this state of panic for so long, but when is the point that we can get beyond just talking about crisis mode um, and offering other options? And that's kind of a trial and error type thing, but the, the social media um, is definitely a good way to stay connected to people right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, great. Great. Well, tell me, now that we're about talking about social media, does every business need social media? And what types of social media would you recommend to different industries? Is it all the same or is it specific to industries? So two weeks ago, I would have said, no, you don't have to have a social media account. Um, <laughs> Uh, But social media is um, ever evolving, which is part of what's fascinating about it. Um, Ten years ago, when I was back and started, it was really conversations. People were talking, people were interchanging. You could get great focus group information and feedback and product ideas. And at this point, it has become so overloaded not only with information and people blasting things out there, but also the advertising part of it, that it is kind of turned into just another marketing channel. Now, I'll focus on Facebook for a minute because that is, at this point, it's not really anybody's favorite, but it's certainly still the behemoth and it's it's focused on anything. And it was the beginning of 2017, I believe, that Facebook came out and said, hey, if you have a brand or a business page, um, you're not going to get through the news feed unless you place ads, um, which is saying, so let's say you've gathered, maybe you have 100 followers and maybe you have 10,000 followers. You have all these people already interested in you, but hey, you're not going to go out and reach them unless you're willing to put the money behind it, which is kind of mm-hmm. kind of painful for a lot of people. Um, now, I will say there is... Um, there's a caveat that if you had already had a really interactive presence and, and your community was talking to you and commenting on things, then you can still get, you can get through, but it's going to be limited. But as a whole, especially for new companies and smaller businesses trying to make their home out on Facebook, that's a really hard way to build. And so what I do myself um, and what a lot of my clients do is say, you know, if you have a blog or I happen to do um, videos on kind of quick tips 
I use the, that content to be, uh, be updated, be fairly regular, and let's say this is one to two posts a week, but I'm not putting a whole lot of time on my Facebook strategy. I'm not creating a lot of different unique posts for that. And the reason is I, if somebody comes looking for me, they want to see me on Facebook, they, especially as a digital marketing kid, um, they, want, you know, they want to make sure I can walk the walk. Um, so my page is updated, but I'm not fighting through the news feed. Now, if I have a campaign, let's say I want to run a special, um, I have a new ebook download or something where I'm trying to collect email addresses, maybe it's a contest. At that point, that's when you put some money behind it and do some promotions. But on a regular day, I don't need to pay to promote blog posts. Um, mm-hmm. The different networks are different. Like I said, Facebook is very much a um, under the umbrella of keeping up with the Joneses for me. LinkedIn is my home. And I will, I will tell you when you talk about the different things for the different industries, some of it also has to do with what your home, what social network are you happy and comfortable with? Because if you say, you know, I feel like I really should be on Instagram, but I hate it. I don't want to take selfies. I don't want to take pictures. Then maybe Instagram's not really right for you because you're going to do better if it's a genuine thing and that you can be regular and it's natural. If you, um, my, I find that my clients that have one network, that that's really their home, they get so much more traffic um, and payoff from having that one place than the clients that are essentially checking a box and want to have a little bit of presence on five different sites. So mm-hmm. for, me, for me with LinkedIn is uh, my articles go out there as well as my videos, and that's really a, a home for me. And I will, I will tell you, most of my business comes from referral. And so this is very much a staying top of mind for me. Um, I will also mm-hmm. kind of caveat on the effectiveness of it, because if you went and looked at my LinkedIn profile and you tried to find my videos and said, well, hey, it's only got a handful of likes and comments on each of them. It's totally true. On the surface, it doesn't look like they're that effective. But I find people talk to me about it, whether I'm with a client. Um, one of my friends tells me she stalks me on, online and watches all of them, which makes me laugh. Um, I had a guy in yoga class that I had met a few years ago, apparently, at the networking, and he knew me by name because he watched the videos. And so it's just That's really great. interesting that sometimes when you're looking for effectiveness, um, the number of likes and your number of fans doesn't tell the whole story. Um, but mm-hmm. that staying top of mind has definitely been effective for me on LinkedIn. Um, I do almost nothing with Instagram. Um, and Twitter is kind of a funny medium. When I'm back, back in, I'm going to say 2007, I loved Twitter. That was my social place. Um, and it was conversations and it was generous. And then for a long time, um, Twitter became very bot-driven. Um, it's kind of making a comeback a little bit. And so I'm, um, I'm personally a little iffy on whether I want to put the time for Twitter because it's also very much easier to pop a, an occasional post on LinkedIn or Facebook. Twitter, if you want an active presence, you've got to commit to having about five posts a day and interacting and commenting. And that's a big commitment. Same thing with Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, it's better to 
in some ways not be there at all than be really sporadic or you know somebody you you do a post and then you don't do another thing for six months later that doesn't give a great impression yeah so when you say five posts a day and interacting you're you're saying not just posting but interacting with people on about their posts having conversations is that right absolutely absolutely because some of the the networks and here's another um I'll take Reddit for an example. Um, Reddit is this crazy place that people don't always think of as social media, but it is actually one of the ones that is still genuinely a community and a conversation. It's this funny thing because Reddit is has been consistently the number seven website in the world in terms of traffic. And so it sounds like wow. it's a marketer's Yeah, it is. Um, it sounds like it's a marketer's dream that they hate being marketed to. Um, and so, and they will, I mean, you can get shamed and slammed and reported out of Reddit if you go in and you try to sell. It's got to be a community that you talk and you interact with and you contribute. And when I say contribute, um, keep in mind, this is an audience that's mainly 18 to 25 of men. It's, it's kind of like a frat party. Um, and there is, you know, it's, it needs humor, um, it needs education, um, it, and that may or may not jive with your brand. Um, Twitter is the same way. If you want to make an impact, you've got to get involved with Twitter chat um, and looking when people are asking questions about your particular thing. Um, I, I used to describe um, Twitter to, to some executives as that news feed that runs across CNN, you know, that, mm-hmm. that it runs and it's quick, but when it's gone, it's gone. Um, and if you missed it, oh, well. Um, Facebook, your post will, last, will kind of hang around for a little bit. But one of the reasons you need to be so active on Twitter is because if you post it at 10 a.m. and somebody's not on until 4 p.m., they're not going to see your post because there's so much mm. else that's gone through. Um, and so mm-hmm. the interaction on those, um, you know, those real quick platforms, that's what's going to set you apart from being a bot if you will, and mm-hmm. having a real presence. Mm-hmm. Fascinating. Interesting. And what about TikTok? Um, That's got to be a specific market, right? That is a very specific market. <laughs> um, it, it's interesting. I will tell you, I have not done much with TikTok um, mm-hmm. because I, part of it too, my, most of my clients are, uh, well, many are B2B. Um, and TikTok mm-hmm. is very much... Um, you know, it's quick, it's fun, and it's definitely a younger generation. Um, TikTok is also the, the and, and I'll, I'll say this for TikTok, but it applies to, to many of them. TikTok has its own little memes, its own little jokes, and you have to really get it to go there. You can't just kind of come drop a video and go away. Um, it's got to be there um, kind of in, in the theme and what, what other users are expecting on TikTok. Uh, and that's hard to do if you haven't studied that. They're also gotcha. really short, um, and they're fun. And, you know, it, talking, talking about what you do or anything in a number of, you know, 10 seconds, that's really mm-hmm. hard to crystallize and make something there. Now, if you can mm-hmm. do, if you have a product um, or you have something and you can do, like, a time release video um, that does, you know, that shows something growing, um, does something really quick in those really limited time, then you might be successful. 
Um, but it's, mm. it's interesting because even though TikTok is video, um, the videos that I put on LinkedIn would not work there. It's still video. And mm-hmm. you say, oh, and I could pull out a clip. They absolutely won't, won't work there. And so um, video is becoming a more and more predominant um, piece of all social networks. Um, but what works on TikTok versus what works on Facebook versus what works on Instagram, totally different mediums. So um, I can't, in, in full disclosure, I can't say how effective TikTok is for a business because I haven't. Gotcha. I haven't gotcha. Now, YouTube, when you say video, are you saying posting YouTube videos or is it video wherever it is? And, you know, is, it, is YouTube specific or is it general to every social media? Now, do you see what I mean? I do. Um, so about five years ago, the strategy used mm-hmm. to be that if you had a video, you would upload it into YouTube and then you would use that link to post in all different places. And it makes sense. You upload it once. Um, and it also lets you collect the views from all different places. Seems logical, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the, the change is, is that social networks want you to stay on their platform. Um, they don't want you to go out to YouTube. They want you to do things right there. And this is, um, this is pretty universal. This is Facebook. This is Instagram. This is, um, this is LinkedIn. And so it's better if you are going to, even if you have a video that you're going to put on, on YouTube, which is a, still a good strategy for a lot of things, you want to also natively upload that onto Facebook um, or LinkedIn or whatever your thing may be. Um, there are videos that cross channels. Like, for instance, um, the video tips that I do, I upload them on LinkedIn um, and I put them on, on YouTube. It makes sense for both. My, um, mm-hmm. It wouldn't work for Instagram because my videos are usually between um, three to five minutes, and that's too long for Instagram. Um, mm-hmm. But the other thing, too, is keeping in mind how people want to watch. Often when they go to YouTube, that is, they are either looking to learn a specific thing, and they're willing to spend 15 minutes with you if you teach them how to do X, mm-hmm. Y, Z. Um, whereas mm-hmm. Instagram is really quick. Even on um, LinkedIn, five minutes is a little long for that, um, more, something that's more quick and usual. But so um, people almost settle in to watch YouTube for the evening. That that's, mm-hmm. you know, you used to turn on your, your TV and skim through. A lot of people now use YouTube as that. So um, it, is, it is not a bad thing to be on YouTube because YouTube, on its, uh, YouTube is owned by Google, but on its mm-hmm. own, YouTube is the second largest search engine in the world. That means it's bigger than Bing, it's bigger than, um, than Yahoo. And so it's always a good idea to have things on YouTube because people, uh, it can, you can be found that way in the search mm-hmm. results. With, um, the video you post on Instagram may not show up on Google. So YouTube gotcha. is always a good thing, but it's not, um, unfortunately, it's not the, the one place you keep all your videos anymore. Gotcha. Interesting. Fascinating. <laughs> um, so are there any other social media uh, platforms that we haven't heard talked about yet? <laughs> um, we have not talked about Snapchat, um, uh-huh. which is um, I'm going to group in with TikTok a little bit in the fact that it is definitely for the younger crowd um, and and for consumer, but it's 
it's also the thing about Snapchat is you also can't, um, you know, you can't take that post that you've put everywhere else and popped it on Snapchat because the thing about Snapchat is it's going to go away, which means they want sneak peeks. They want previews. They want things. Um, it might be announcements of your new line or behind the scenes as you're working on a product launch or whatever it may be. It's not something that you can just, you know, for, um, for many times if you write a blog, you can take, um, you can make five to ten posts out of that um, and spread it around. That's not exciting on Snapchat because it's not mm-hmm. unique. And it's not new. Um, it is, again, it's another thing that you, that is very much, um, if you are, if you're looking for teens, um, then yes, go be on Snapchat. But if your audience is mm-hmm. older, um, it's not going to be the place for you. And so much like TikTok, I do very little on Snapchat, um, mm-hmm. but it's a consideration. And, and some of it, it's, it's interesting enough that um, Facebook has taken some of the features. Instagram uses some of the features of these kind of disappearing and the emojis and, you know, the different things. All that came from Snapchat. And so it, it drives activity on other networks, um, mm-hmm. but it, it's, that's probably the other one that's relevant. I will also say, though, Snapchat is starting to uh, attract the older crowd which means the kids are going to find something else soon. <laughs> I don't I got know you. what that yeah. is yet. That, you know, that might be TikTok is a thing right now, but I don't know what the next one will be. Um, but the, if, if you're marketing it to the kids, then you, you've got to keep your eye on the pulse because it's going to change every couple of years. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. <laughs> it's, it's like uh, fashions. Although I have to say uh, when I – Went to school, I wore jeans, and they're still wearing jeans. But other than that. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's interesting. I'm the type of person that cringes when somebody says, oh, my teenager is doing X for me, whether that's their social media, whether that's their website. Um, I met somebody in a networking event the other day that told me their middle schooler was building their their website, which I, I wanted to dig in a hole. Um, but whereas I wouldn't put your whole brand promise in a teenager's hand, if you've got one that you can look, you know, that you can ask or quiz, um, they'll keep you up on what's cool and they'll tell you where you should be. Yeah. Interesting. Good for market research. Yes. 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 (laughs) And speaking of which, do you do market research for your clients or, and do you think market research is important? Um, there are degrees of market research. Um, one of the, the groups that I'm, uh, kind of the women's entrepreneur groups I'm in includes a woman who has a very, um, a very large, very well-respected market research firm. And they are working with companies on different variations of ads and what people do. Um, I mean, they did everything like they did the help set the pricing for all the DC sports teams and some of the ad plans. I don't get anywhere near that. Um, mm-hmm. But I think it is important to understand what your competitors are doing and what the space looks like. So I do a lot of strategy work. Um, some people just like that's They want to do a lot of them it themselves, but they need some guidance on strategy, mm-hmm. whether that's mm-hmm. social media or that's overall. And so when we're doing that type of thing, we definitely take a look at, 
what the competitors are doing um, and are they effective or not. Um, and so I think in the same way, if you have a retail store, um, you know what the retail store down the street is doing. You keep your your eye on that and whether you, you know, just say the gas the gas stations all match each other's prices uh, when they're on the same corner or what have you. It is definitely a good idea to keep an eye on what some of your competitors are doing, um, but we're not going to go into the full-on market research in terms of focus groups or, or some of that. Um, we could certainly do some surveys with that, but um, market research is not something I, I advertise. Um, but mm-hmm. from an informal approach, um, definitely valuable. Right. Now, what do you think about blogs? Um, blogs are a great, a great tool. A great, if I say, a great content marketing tool. Um, I'll, for a couple of reasons. One, um, I talk about using the blogs um, to post on social media and staying staying relevant. It gives me content to kind of to keep to post out there, if you will. Um, the other thing is blogs can be really effective if ranking on Google is important. Um, now I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna ho- try not to make your eyes roll back in your head. Um, <laughs> Google has, it, 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 you know, people when you start talking about ranking on Google, it does. There's a glazed look that comes pretty often <laughs> because Google has confirmed that there's more than 200 different factors that goes into how things rank. They've got AI in there, and they've got you. You know, they're talking on user patterns, and so there's a whole lot. How of many? How there. many factors did you say? 200. More than what? More, More than, than 200. 200. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy. Sorry, go ahead. Um, <laughs> yeah. But one of the things that is important is time. Um, that's two things. That's both um, the fact that it's your site has been up for six months um, and a competitor's site has been up for 10 years. Your competitor is going to win because Google's looking at them as they've been around, they have longevity, um, you may be a flash in the pan. You know, you might be here today, gone tomorrow. And so the the kind of history helps build what's called authority. But it's also looking at how frequently you are updating. So if that 10-year-old competitor hasn't touched their website in five years, they might say, well, yeah, they're around, but, you know, they're really stagnant. They're not keeping up with the times. And that's not going to have relevant information for people. So that's a really long-winded explanation to say every time you post a blog, you say, hey, Google, remember me, I, I am here, um, and you help, you help pull up your, your rankings. Um, now, mm-hmm. I will also say um, just having a blog is not a magic bullet, um, especially if, you know, if, you like your, if you're telling your personal story or you have musings or you, you, know, you want to share your poetry. That's fabulous. It's not going to help you on Google. Uh, blogs are really an opportunity to expand your brand, um, mm-hmm. meaning Google wants to, to kind of consider it authoritative. They want to see similar content. So, for instance, my services are, you know, they include ranking on Google. They include email marketing, website. So when I'm blogging, I'm talking about things like um, best practices for subject lines, or what you know the different things you should include in your newsletter. So I am including that brand story. Um, I saw one company that did marketing and accounting, which was so wonky. 
Um, but Google, <laughs> it's kind of a weird combination, right? But Google's looking at that going, I don't, I don't really know where you fit in. Um, so your blog should be a reflection of it. Google also really likes to see what they call deep content. Um, they don't really want to mess with pages under 300 words. Um, and in fact, some of the top sites that are consistently ranking, they have posts that are more than 2,000 words. Um, that gets into a balancing act of doing things for Google as well as doing things for your users, um, meaning that when we, re- when we go online, most of us don't really read online. We skim. Um, and that's where mm-hmm. you, you, know, you see a lot of things with different headlines breaking things up, a lot of bullets, a lot of imagery going through. Um, so it's balancing and kind of making, making something effective for the user as well as giving Google what they want to see. So generally, if we're mm-hmm. going to blog for the purpose of SEO, we do some research on the type of uh, terms people are searching for and develop an editorial calendar around those subjects. Um, and then we usually aim for somewhere between four and 600 words to do that. So mm-hmm. um, okay. from, from there, though, you can, you've got a whole content strategy. You can, take, um, you can take those different tips and different posts. Um, a, a mistake I see a lot of people making is they just take the link from their blog and they post it in social media and they go on their way. And yeah. that, um, that kills it in a couple ways because you might be a great title writer and have great subject lines that are interesting. Most people are not as great at that. Um, but even so, even your title, it, it's not necessarily going to explain everything that you've got in there. Um, one of the easiest ways to blog and do things is to do 10 tips on X. Um, and each of those tips can become its own social media post. And I will actually mm-hmm. say you would do better to take, you know, take 10 words from one tip, you know, the summary title, if you will, and make a graphic out of that that goes on social media, but don't actually post the link. That sounds really funky. Um, but back to when we were talking about video, we talked about how the social networks like to keep people on their site. When you're posting the links, their algorithm kind of knocks you down already because you want to take people outside of your site. So it's a, it's a catch-22, if you will, because you're using the blogs to drive people to your site, um, but the social networks don't want to do that. So you, you might post something that's a summary and a link, but then you might have um, five other posts that are just graphics um, or text design that kind of go through without the link. Um, so, mm-hmm. but. But if, um, depending on your, like to say, depending on your strategy and how that works, and if you want to be active on social media, blogs can give you a lot of good content to do that. Great. We haven't talked about email marketing. Could you just briefly, you know, where does that fall in the hierarchy of online marketing? Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of people think email marketing is old-fashioned, and they don't bother with it. Um, and the mm-hmm. funny thing is, is that whereas social media is, so hard to see a return on investment. Email marketing has something like a 400% return on every dollar spent um, on social media, wow. or excuse me, on email. Because, and it, it's a different thing, partly because people have invited you into your inbox. Um, and that is something to be mindful with. Um, people ask me sometimes how, how often they should be spending e- email marketing. And my answer is spam is spam is spam, whether it's once a year or once a day. Um, if you're doing email marketing, it has to be useful. 
to your audience. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe mm-hmm. you email less, but it's more effective. And I've actually seen, we've seen with some of our clients that if we're sending an email a week, the open rate drops because people get like, they're, oh, here's another email from Steve, right? But if mm-hmm. we go every other month, then we're getting 40 or 50% open rates and we're getting more sales out of it. Um, so email marketing, because it is building a relationship um, and it kind of, it goes, it goes longer, if you will, and there's more direct sales. You can, you can do a promotion and you can do that. Whereas if you do a promotion on social media, people that have never heard of you are probably not going to buy directly on the promotion. Um, they need mm-hmm. to get to know your brand a little bit more before they give you their money. But if they're on your email list and you can keep up with them regularly, you can build that, that trust, that relationship, we, that old adage, people like to buy from those they know, like, and trust, you get the opportunity mm-hmm. to see them often. Um, I have had people, I've gone to speaking events and had people join my list for that and sit on it for two years and then become clients. Um, and mm. so it, it pays off, but I, I will also tell you, I do because again, I'm big on referral marketing. Um, and so when I'm doing emails, I'm talking to my clients. Um, I'm less concerned with building this ginormous list, um, of people that may or may not buy from me. I want to talk to the people I know. Um, that is my business strategy. There's, there's all kinds of different things to do it, but, um, I'll tell you, um, if you're thinking, wow, that sounds like a great idea. Let's focus on email. Awesome. Um, mm-hmm. You will be challenged to grow your list. Um, because I hear a lot of people say, well, I have the newsletter sign up on my, full, on my website, but nobody's signing up. And it's true mm-hmm. because on average, um, most, most business professionals get, I think it's 121 emails a day. Nobody wants more emails. Right. Yeah. Um, so you have to bribe people, if you will. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a lot of things. Like I know you've gone to websites and you've seen enter your email address and we'll send a coupon for 10% off or mm-hmm. enter your email address to get our checklist or our special video or whatever it is. Those are something called lead magnets, which you mm-hmm. are giving something of value in exchange for an email address which then means you get to follow up with them and stay in contact more constantly. Those are the ways mm-hmm. that you are going to build your email list. Just having a newsletter isn't attractive to a lot of people. You've got you've to give them something that makes them willing. That's great. Well, this has been a, a fantastic conversation. It's wonderful to talk to you. And, and I'm so glad that you were scheduled to come into our uh, Bethesda uh, or Fort Belvoir, sorry, luncheon. And uh, unfortunately, we had to cancel our classes because of the virus. So mm-hmm. this will really be great for everyone uh, to hear. And um, thank you so much. This has been really spectacular. Good. I'm, I'm happy to do that. And I will, I will mention, um, not to be terribly self-promotional, um, but uh-huh. I am because... Because I do really think it's a it's a different game, and I think we need to support each other as business owners as we all get through this. So, if anybody would like to talk about their business dealing with the COVID nineteen virus, I'm happy to give anybody thirty minutes to just chat through. Oh. And there's 
no strings, no, you know, no fees. Um, but if, if you just want to brainstorm one business owner to another, I'm more than happy to do that. Fantastic. Okay. How would they contact you? Um, the best way, and, and maybe we can have some, um, a link or an email in the show notes, but my website is S-O-C-I-A-L-L-I-G-H-T.net. Um, that's socialite.net. Um, there's, you can find me through LinkedIn, um, or there's a contact form on the website that is easy to, to get through. Okay. Well, thank you. That's wonderful. All right. Thank you so much, Nicole, and have a good day and a good week. <laughs> thank you so much. And, thank you for having me. Okay. You too. And stay well. <laughs> okay. You too. Bye-bye. Okay. Take care. Bye.